Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to a brand new My Mate Bought a Toaster and today I'm going to be diving into the Amazon Purchase Listery, that's, a, that's something which I'm copywriting Ollie Man, just so you know, Amazon Purchase Listery, do you like that? Um, not enough to uh, issue any kind of patent war. So don't engage a lawyer for that? I mean, that's my view. Fine. Okay. Inside a secret, we yeah. have yet to trademark answer me this, and it's been thirteen years. So, holy <laughs> that's, hell, that's the primary source of my income. So, if we haven't bothered to patent that, I mean, you know, listery this is low is down the list. Finally, I can take down Helen Zaltzman on Ollie Man. I've been trying to do it for ages. I thought my podcast would be more successful than theirs by now. Weirdly, it's not. Um, listen, well, depends how you measure it, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, it's all about how much an audience loves it. I, I mean, think, on that basis, obviously, I, it's still I also think, not as successful. I think <laughs> all the ways that I measure it, unless maybe volume. Sometimes mine gets a bit too loud. So I might win there. Um, so I should say, Ollie Man, the, the brilliant, brilliant podcasting star um, of uh, Helen and Ollie's Answer Me This, and of course The Modern Man, which is a brilliant podcast, and many more broadcasting things besides Ollie. On, you know, you'll yes. hear Ollie on radios and um, all sorts of stuff. Well, listen, let's try, and, let's try and establish what your identity is by going through your Amazon bins, okay? We're going to go yeah, right that's... back. We're going back to, and this is exciting, Ollie, and it's rare that we get someone who goes back this far. 2000, so nearly 20 years you've been shopping on Amazon. There's a thought for you, yeah. straight off the bat. And um, the I remember logging on for the first time, by the way. Oh, really? Um, because I'll tell you, I, I'll tell you why I've always remembered logging on for the first time. It's because my password. You can say what my password is because after this recording, I'm going to change it. Oh, that's incredible! Hang on, this so that we can burn a password off and actually discuss yeah. your password. We've never done that before. That's a first. That's exciting. Yeah, for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, no, well, yeah, no, but I've, no one's ever, no one's ever been good enough to to tear up a password and put it in the bin like that. That's really good of you. Okay, fine. So let's do that. So Ollie's uh, password. Uh, for his uh, Amazon is Aaron Kenton. Aaron, double A-R-O-N-K-E-N-T-O-N. Just in case he forgets Mm -hmm. to change the password, we can all jump in afterwards. I bet someone tries to do that. Um, Tell us why, please. Because he was sitting next to me in the school computer room when I first set up my Amazon account. Um, Oh, mate. And he left uh, my school after GCSEs, so 1997. <laughs> so I was like a serious early adopter of Amazon. I may not have bought anything till 2000, or Maybe. possibly they don't keep records prior to that, but I was keen. That's incredible. Aaron Kenton. So if anyone knows Aaron are you still in touch with Aaron Kenton? No. Um, Think how many times yeah, you've no, typed I'm, his name. I know, yeah, on a daily basis almost, since oh 1997. You, yeah. prob- you probably know how to type his name better than Aaron Kenton does. If anyone knows Aaron <laughs> Kenton, drop us a line at ToastPod on Twitter. Tell us what he's up to these days. All right, listen, come on, we're trying to, we're trying to pin you down, and we're just waffling. So, 2000, November 2000, uh, that's when you started on Amazon. And there's, there's mm-hmm. three, it's music, right? You've gone in on the music, and you've gone for Ben Folds 5. Now, uh, you and I have been to oh, see... Oh, wow. By ben... the way, I'm not looking at my own profile, I don't, so want I don't you know to. what you've got there. No, I, I want you to feel yeah, the surprise. Fine, so... Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. Um, I'm surprised. Okay, so I, that's good. I'm glad. I'm that is representative of my musical taste then and now. Well, good. this is the that's thing. A good you, first purchase. You come at this really well until I scroll down. This is the problem, right? So Ben Folds Five. I'm like, yeah, I absolutely love Ben Folds. But you and I've been to see Ben Folds together, and it's it just he's one of the mm-hmm. best live performers. I adore him. The Beatles, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, clearly, it's, it's in the DNA of anyone with I'll a pair of that. Exactly. Texas. Right. So do you know what I mean? Was it's it like, best of? It's just a bit partridge that you've gone, Ben Folds 5, The Beatles, and I love The Greatest Hits of Texas. It's, oh, yes, it was The Greatest Hits I, of Texas. I, it was The Greatest Hits. Okay, well, I get, that's more forgivable in the age of the CD than a Texas album, I believe. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I, I haven't listened to Texas since about 2000. <laughs> but well, I know that's um, true because you did present on Magic for a while, and I can tell you, you definitely listened to Texas when you were on Magic. That's true. I wasn't paying attention when Texas were on when I was on Magic. But you get yes, to do that right. joke when she... Began, you know that... Um, I've forgotten which one it is. One, that, yeah, you that get one, to do yeah. it. Oh, she, oh yeah. I, did, I did this joke on Magic. I've done it probably 20 times. Oh, she's just cleaning her yeah. glasses. That's good. Brilliant. Um, I mean, I, listen, you don't have to defend your Texas, but this just shows, you know, that, that you've got a sort of musically great taste, but also we've all got it. Just a little bit of a soft spot, a weakness, if you like. I think it just shows that I was a white guy in the late 90s, doesn't it? Yeah, well, quite. Ben Folds, The Beatles, and Texas. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I was watching TFI Friday and I thought, yeah, Charlene Spiteri is quite fit and that song's all right. That's- <laughs> Interesting one here. M- Michael McCaffrey directing a play. This is December 2001. Are you still at uni at this point? Or are you out in the real yeah. world? No, I'm still very much like in the middle of my English literature degree. Yeah. Right. Okay. Directing a play. So, did you do some directing? Is that something you decided to do? And you thought, I, I need to know how to direct a play. I'm just going to Google direct a play and buy the book. Yes, that would be pretty much what happened there. Um, I, in fact, with Helen Zaltzman in the cast, uh, directed oh, okay. a very ill-advised production of um, When We Are Married by J.B. Priestley. Right. Um, which it, <laughs> it's a comic classic, but it's definitely something you should only really do if you're in your fifties and from Yorkshire. Right. Uh, right. But I mean, it was actually it was a reasonable production, I thought. Um, and in fact, also starred uh, Amara Karan. Do you know who that is? No. Uh, who's she's been in? Um, oh, what was that thing with uh, Riz Ahmed about? Uh, that was sort of based on Serial. The Night of. She the was Night in of. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, and she was in the Darjeeling Limited in a bunch. Not a proper credible actress now. Uh, right. So she was in it, and Helen was in it, and I had a cameo in it. So but, did you? Uh, so you met Helen at uh, at uni then? Yeah, on my first day actually. Oh, yeah. Really? She was my college mum. We had this scheme uh, in our Oxford College that when you got there in your first year, you'd be put together with people who were in their second year who would then parent you. Okay. So she, you know, she was supposed to sort of show me the ropes. Well, actually, what happened is someone else was supposed to show me the ropes who was obviously only in it so that they could shag freshers. And then when she saw me and didn't fancy me, she orphaned me. Um, so I never really got to know her. Um, but Helen stepped in and stepmothered me. I see. I see. Yeah. So she, that was our relationship. She sort of found the abandoned, uh, the abandoned animal on the side of the road and, and took you in. God, that's beautiful. Uh, animals plural i mean she was uh like a prodigious foster mum basically she had like 20 <laughs> of us who'd been disowned by parents who were only interested in shagging freshers um and uh and then and then when did you do your first podcast with her when was that first one done well we did student radio when we were at university so that oh, okay. that's why i approached her and asked her if she wanted to do a podcast because i remembered it was in recent living memory that it was good when we were on air together mm. um but uh the first podcast well we did a trailer in december 2006 right okay okay fine i mean that is the sort of that's the flag on the moon of podcasts isn't it pretty much? yeah it, it's pretty early i mean like if you actually look into the history of podcasting then 
people were doing it from about, I think, 2003, 2004. Mm. But those shows really were like nerds talking to other nerds about how to use PCs. Yeah. Um, but if you're looking at independent entertainment podcasting, particularly in the UK, um, I think there was Sowerby and Luff when we started. And that's oh, pretty Brian much Luff. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who's at it? And possibly, actually, Peacock and Gamble was a similar period. Like, maybe they were a year after us. Right. The same era. Right. But apart from that, there wasn't really anyone doing it. So it was, it was kind of like, that's, that's what I saw was an opportunity. I thought, well, you know, because I didn't know how good we were going to be. And in fact, listening back to our early episodes, I'm not sure we were that good. <laughs> um, but there was no one else doing it. And I thought, what's interesting is Apple are providing a platform here. And it was all about Apple back then. Yeah. Um, where still they is will... really. Sorry, still I is really. I shouldn't say that on ACAS, but it's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Spotify are making inroads, but basically it's about Apple, isn't it? And um, they were making a platform where they would genuinely put a good independent podcast alongside Ricky Gervais' Guardian podcast that had got a million downloads and paid him, you know, a six-figure sum. Mm. And I thought, well, we should be that show. Like, who else Mm. is is that show right now? There's no reason why we can't have a chance to be that show, so let's give it a go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. God, it's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. And it's amazing that you're still doing it. That's what's incredible. How often do they come out? It's now monthly in terms of new episodes, although we okay. do, uh, in the intermittent fortnight each month, we do um, a sort of retro episode where we re-release something from our vast archive and, and do a little preface saying how awful we were. <laughs> it must be it must be quite weird now, though, that you've done podcasts for that long, because you can listen back. It's a real sort of diary into your life. Am I going to have this with this podcast, do you think? Am I, am I going to listen back to these episodes and be like, oh, I remember the me of 2019? Do, have you had that with it? Yeah, the, the experience that I have is more that, like I don't remember and don't identify with the me of even quite recent years like 2013 it's right. quite extraordinary because i suppose when you're doing an entertainment show you're trying all the time to mine your brain to find the comic angle on the thing that you're saying so it's it's half true but you exaggerate it or you find the funny bit otherwise yeah. what's the point of telling the story yeah and like listening back to it therefore you don't quite it's not actually how things happened it's the comic exaggerated version of how things happened and so when you listen back to it you don't even quite remember the story <laughs> as you're describing it and so it's like a really unreliable memoir yeah. and it's one that's just Often because the jokes, the fashion in, in comedy changes. So the, the, the things you're using as punchlines, you listen back and you're like, oh, that's a bit misogynist. Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah, oh, I wouldn't yeah. say that. Like that person clearly had mental health problems. Whereas mm. at the time, that obviously seemed like an acceptable target. Mm. Um, so it's, it's just amazing, it's fascinating it? from that point of view. When you get the, the way that we've moved on the last couple of years, certainly with obviously the big movements that have happened, uh, but even just watching things like The Simpsons or like Friends, yeah. like the go-to punchline in Friends with gay porn, wasn't it? That was just yes. used as a punchline. Good God, you watch that now and you're like, oh, please. It's like yeah. comfortable. I'm, it's good. Yeah. It's good that we've you know we've become. It's awkward. Ollie, can I hear a tractor in the back of your? You you can. Oh. I'm glad, I was just about to mention it, but then I thought I'll, I'll wait and see whether you can mention it. So That's I'm recording wonderful. in what is the only room in my house that has two doors to get into it, so that I can try and distance myself from my children who are making a lot of noise. Yeah. Um, but that does mean is it that is it them driving the tractor? Is that why they're making noise? <laughs> it does mean that I'm against. A, a window which faces the street and right. so it's the dressing room it's our sort of ensuite dressing room in our bedroom right and so the the i'm surrounded by piles of clothes and laundry which is good for audio but i'm right next to a window and so yeah they're resurfacing the road oh, outside our house I at the moment see. and uh, my four-year-old was so excited about it yesterday that he did a shit on the floor that's how excited <laughs> he was he did two actually but he blamed one of them on his invisible friend i would have done a shit on the floor i said pave that <laughs> <laughs> you have been bought red-handed. 
Let's go back to 2004, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you've bought the, in December 2004, the end of the year, you bought the official Peter Andre calendar for 2005. Oh. Obviously, you're a fan, that's fair enough. Uh, actually, that's an in-joke with my friend Ben. Um, it's funny to think. I mean, actually, God bless Peter Andre, isn't it amazing? He still has name recognition in 2020 and doesn't immediately generate ironic laughter. There's a tinge of that, but you think, okay, fair dues, the guy's got a career. Well, Craig People David forget. was a punchline. Now, Craig David, exactly. everyone's like, I oh, know, he's really very musically very talented. Very, very talented. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so Peter Andre in 2004 was a complete joke. He's but, still a joke. Um, he's still a joke. But he's still a joke, but he's got a career, so f- fair dues to him. Mm. But I'll tell you exactly what that was. Um, <laughs> my friend Ben has appalling music taste. I mean, you were saying that I had the best of Texas, but like his mm. uh, CDs when we were at school, when we were at sixth form, I used to go to his house and marvel and gape at can how I, appalling his music taste can was. Can I just say, just to throw a few stones at your glass house while you do this, Ollie, or to mm. arm you with some stones, I should say, while you're in your glass house, a month earlier, before you say these comments, a month earlier you bought the greatest hits of Shania Twain and the greatest hits of Britney Spears. Beers. So just think on that. No, I'd stand by that. Finely written, finely crafted pop songs. Sure, 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 Not sure, like sure. Peter Andres, which were horse shit. So anyway, <laughs> I was at Ben's house and I noticed that he had the single of flavour. I mean, not even. I understand if you're like, I quite like Mysterious Girl, so I'll buy the album, which is obviously shit yeah. and has flavour on it. But he bought the single of flavour. F L A V A. That was the thing That's that the one. upset me the most about that. Um, and so, like, his. His nickname, Flava. It's, it's the sweetener, isn't it? It's like stevia. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, so he was um, uh, a Peter Andre fan when he was 17, which was just hilarious. Um, and so, like, his nickname at school, I think, was Andre, etc. <gasps> wow. So at this point, I'm 22, I guess, 2004. Yeah. I've just moved to London and I live with Ben in a flat. Right. And so for Christmas, as a joke, I got him a Peter Andre calendar, but it's more than that. I, at that time, was working as a researcher on the ITV programme this morning. Oh. And Peter Andre, because this morning, was our film critic. Oh, please <laughs> tell me you got it signed. I got it signed. Oh, so, wonderful scenes. Wonderful. But what I had, I couldn't say to Peter Andre, obviously, uh, we've got an ironic joke with my mate who likes you. Yeah. I, so what I said was, which was an acceptable thing to say in 2004, I said, um, my nephew, Ben, loves you. Because he was going after the kids at that point. Like he was doing he was Disney doing what, covers sorry? and things he like was, that. He was going after the kids. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Cool. Uh, and uh, and uh, so he was like, all right, mate, yeah, I'll sign that. Oh, yeah. And he wrote a thing saying, dear Ben, keep up the love or something, Peter. Oh. And so Ben still has in his office, he's a child psychologist, <laughs> a framed page of the Peter Andre calendar with the signature on it. Oh, my God, that's wonderful. That yeah. is ju- absolutely beautiful. Signed by Peter Andre, framed and in his his grown up life. That is what you need. Oh, and also, actually, Peter Andre was a good guy, which is which is why he probably does still have a career. Like, is, I liked him. Is the pic? Yeah, that's true. Is the picture one of the one of the rippling torso? Is it is it a six pack photo? Of course, it is. Yeah, it yeah, is. yeah. Shirt open, Adam Rickett style on a yeah. beach. I think jeans open one button. I believe. It's interesting. And the curtains, though, obviously, the, the curtains. Yeah, the the branding of someone. To be a, such a phys- such a sort of part of their body. Who else, apart from maybe, in fact, Katie Price, ironically, with her her boobs? Mm. Like in terms of how you are known as, you know, what I mean, just physically, it's just yes. weird that you're known as the guy with the rippling torso with the six pack. You're the woman who had the constantly enlarging. T- like you wouldn't get, you know, you were the guy with the massive hands. That's what you're famous for. It's weird, isn't it? Just well, sheer body. Barry Manilow, I'd say, with the nose for a long time. Um, again, he like did good songs as well, Ollie. He did good yes. songs as well. I, I was about to say, you mm. know, I think he was the Justin Bieber of the 70s, wasn't he? 
And then sort of post-2010, people have rediscovered that those songs he wrote in the 70s were, you know, the good ones stand next to Elton John and Stevie Wonder. Some of the bad ones are a bit cheesy, but they're good songs. Mm. But there was 30 years in between where he was just known for having a big nose. When we were kids, he was, if you if you, if you you explained who's that guy on Noel's house party, oh, he's the guy with the big nose, yeah. that was Barry Manilow. Jesus, it's terrible, isn't it? Jimmy Hill, similarly with the chin. You know what I mean? Like a whole exactly. career. Sporting well, prowess. Leno, People just think it's fucking. It's just my chin, mate. There's more to me than yeah. my chin. I just think. I wonder if Peter Andre <laughs> feels that there's more to me than my six pack. You know, or abs from five. No, think, similarly, well, abs decided to name. Well, I say decided. I mean, obviously they were manipulated by Simon Fuller, but decided to name himself abs. I if mean, you were, if you had to name you, yourself, you go into that like, eyes open. If you had to name yourself after your best body part, then similarly, if you were joining a boy band now at the age of nearly forty, yeah, giant cock. okay fine obviously i think several people already call you that ollie but we'll move on um so so what we're going to do now say you're living in london you're working on this morning and Mm. um you know you're still buying there's i don't want to say predictable ollie but just this is reinforcing what we already know about you you're buying uh weezer the album great stuff Mm. uh brilliant Mm. songs what was it the red album uh hang on i just skipped on a page picture the moment let me go back past Um, pinkerton you've got um uh make believe that's the Weezer right, album yeah. you bought there. Uh-huh. Um, emoticons, Ben and Jason. Okay, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah nice. That's great. Quite women- ben and Jason I- are a great band. I don't know why no one else ever talks about them. I remember brilliant. Ben and Jason. I remember Ben and Jason. Yeah. Uh, Napoleon Dynamite as well. This is all pretty nice. Oh, that's great. There's, there's, there's a lot of whimsy. My tastes haven't changed, have they? Christ, No, 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 absolutely. Phoenix, I love. I fucking, in fact, I think you might have introduced me to Phoenix when I first got uh-huh. to know you, which we'll get to shortly. Um, uh, the Cardigans, love, lovely stuff. Oh, look, a new Apple iPod Nano with, get this, Two gigabytes. <laughs> How much do you think two gigabytes cost in uh, November 2006? Great question. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say... Well, I would have said RRP 69.99, but uh, the fact that I bought it on Amazon when back then my first preference probably would have been John Lewis or the Apple Store suggests to me that it was on some sort of special promotion. Yeah, go on. So, so I'm, I'm going to go... 48 89 mate 89 wow fucking hell for two gigs right i think there's That's a really, incredible there's there's a book to be written on the the forget bitcoin charting the value of the gigabyte yeah yeah absolutely yeah i mean it's one of the I, for a long time i wrote a tech column in reader's digest and every year I'd do my selection of kind of the big tech that's coming out of CES in January. Yes. And I'd yes. make a point of saying every time, because it's really boring, like people want you to write about like a toothbrush that cleans your clothes or some shit. Yeah. But actually, the thing that is genuinely remarkable is, uh, you know, the, the doubling of storage capacity on SD cards. <laughs> it's really what, dull. I am, I am clipping that and that's going to be the trailer for this episode. <laughs> But it is it is extraordinary that it genuinely continues year after year after year. And you can now get an SD card that fits into the side of a little recorder or you can use to film stuff, which can put an entire movie on it. I years mean, and ten. years and years ago, uh, you and me and Will, uh, who we'll get to eventually as we get to the story of how Ollie and Tom met, um, we used to talk about doing a thing called Mundane Cast, which was a mundane podcast, which, for, to be honest, my mate Bought Toaster can often turn into, where yeah. we would just sit and openly and honestly take pleasure in these mundanities but i fuck i love this shit i love Mm. tracking the value of the gigabyte because it is a real marker of how things have developed and also looking now and looking that i can get a thumbnail and and stick my entire all the photographs i've taken since 2004 can Mm. can go on something the size of a pen head like oh god that gives me so much pleasure but it's so much more fallible isn't it 
Because, yeah, you can back it up to Dropbox or whatever as well. But the bottom line is, if you get hit by a car tomorrow, your descendants won't know that that's what that is, and they'll just throw it away. Whereas something like an iPod, I mean, okay, not an iPod, no, no, but the classic iPod was big enough that people would be like, oh, there might be something important on there. Mm. Physical media has just gone. And I do worry about the transience of some of the media that we're putting onto it. Well, this is really interesting, because I remember, and this might sound a bit dark, but fuck it. Um, my dad died when I was 13 years old, and I remember going to his flat. My Doesn't dad sound dark. Uh, funny da- so far. <laughs> um, my dad, and uh, he uh, died when I was 13, and I went to his flat not long afterwards, and he was a big reader, voracious reader, obsessed with books. And all of his books from his life were in front of me. And in fact, as I look back now, and look to the top of my study, I can see there's a whole line of orange penguin classics across the top that belonged to him oh. i can see pg woodhouse and all these things and i get tremendous That's great. comfort from that and yeah. i think about this a lot how do i hand on and hopefully my kids will have those one day but actually my books <coughs> i do actually buy quite a lot of books as well now still but even though i love my kindle but in terms of that that treasure and that museum of you you do want mm. to hand something onto them and the virtual thing means that's all disappearing yeah, I make a point of getting my photos printed out and actually, with my kids, putting them into a photo album. Oh my God, that's amazing. That's a great and I, idea. And I'm also really careful not to... Because my, my grandma, thankfully, is still alive. She's 93, and she has an awesome photo album collection. But I've often thought, you've done the legwork here. You've talked me through it. I know that that's a picture of your dad in the army in Egypt in 1942 or whatever. Yeah. But at the same time, there's just too much of this. Like, be realistic, Grandma. When you pop off, we're not going to keep all 60 albums of this. It's too much. Oh, God. So, so, what you, so hang on. You're not going to sit with your grandma and do a kind of pre-death edit, are you? No, I'm not. But with, with Harvey now, my son, I make a point of doing a, a contemporaneous edit. So each event in my life, this sounds really anal, but each event in my life is only allowed a maximum of four photos because that's a double-page spread in the album. I see. So you pick really, really carefully the ones that define the moment no that's great yeah yeah, Um, and so it means that you fit like three or four years into each album so when i i mean if i die at 80 say then okay that there are going to be like 20 Mm. but at least it's not going to be a hundred yeah 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 god it's really good to know that you're you're curating your afterlife ollie that is wonderful aren't we all well, no, I'm not. That's my point. It's brilliant. I'm, I, you know, it's what we need to start doing. But listen, th- this is also what's perfect about uh, the Amazon purchase history is that's exactly what this is. We are looking through a perfectly, honestly curated list of things that you bought that tell us about Ollie Man. And nothing tells us more about Ollie Man uh, than July 2008, uh, who bought the uh, Bon Tompi wind instrument plastic trumpet for £15, delivered to the TV company World of Wonder. Uh, any any idea why? You ah. that? <laughs> well, that would be for the use of Mr. Tom Price speaking. Yeah. Uh, so, um, okay. So, what year are we in now? Twenty fifteen? Did you say July no, two thousand eight? Twelve years ago. Two thousand eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, in two thousand and eight, I'd left this morning, and in fact, I'd I then went to work for the culture show for the BBC, and I loved that job. I never would have left that job volunteer. Well, perhaps by now I would have, but I would have stayed there for ten years. Loved doing what I was doing. I love I was, all I your side hustles. You are the absolute prince of side hustles. You've, I mean, so far <laughs> we've had Reader's Digest, we've had this morning, uh, we've had the culture show. It's amazing. Yeah. Right, go on, carry on. Haven't even got onto British Forces news yet. I've done lots of weird stuff. But anyway, <laughs> the only way I get um, news, Ollie. <laughs> so anyway, when I was made redundant from the BBC. Not redundant, they just didn't renew my contract. One of those, we need to cull cull our staff and call it making entertainment positive or whatever they called the scheme (laughs) at the time. Uh, um, I was like, what am I going to do? And I uploaded my CV to one of these production, you know, employment uh, websites. And I got contacted out the blue by someone I vaguely knew who said, would you like to come and produce 
Um, and just that word was exciting because I'd never been a producer. I'd been a researcher. I'd been an assistant producer. But this was the step up in Teleterms. Mm-hmm. Would you like to come and produce a comedy show? Like immediately I was in it as well because I'd never done that. Like this is someone who had observed that I'd been doing Answer Me This with Helen. And by this point was like, you obviously want to do comedy and you've got a TV background. Would you like to produce a comedy show for the internet? And I was like, okay. So like mm-hmm. in a way, low risk. Yes. And he said, it's going to be like Harry Hill's TV burp. Again, like clearly the best comedy show on telly at the time. Yeah. Um, Harry Hill's on board. You've got some absolute A-grade talent ready to go. (laughs) Uh, uh, It's going to be like Harry Hill's TV, but but for YouTube clips. And I was like, "Mm, okay, that sounds a bit more like it's going to be you've been framed, but for YouTube clips. But all right, like, you know, I can see where this is going, but like that sounds like it'll be an amusing thing to to do. Mm -hmm. And I went to work for World of Wonder, who are now known as the company who make RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, which is enormously popular, obviously. Yeah, but Um, they were then known as the company who made... Well, Adam and Joe. Um, no, but the thing we made, come on, get to it. Yeah, well, <laughs> who, they, who made? Well, okay, I'd argue Adam and Joe, and then in the UK, nothing of any significance for 10 years until they closed down. However, uh, <laughs> in 2008... Not according to my CV, Ollie. <laughs> uh, they made a show called The Slogan of Malibu, Get Your Island On. Oh my God, it sends a shudder down my spine. I mean, it's a bad title. So what it was, was they genuinely had come up with the uh, the format and then tried to find a sponsor... So it wasn't like completely reverse engineered and sort of awkward. And also way ahead of their time to be doing it then. An internet show in 2008. I mean, that is miles ahead. Yeah. And um, the theory of the show wasn't terrible, which was kind of a young-ish guy. (laughs) Will, I mean, we're trying to sort of, this is before really you had loads and loads of YouTubers as a thing, as a a meme. Mm. So it was like, we're going to create a YouTuber. We're going to create someone who films themselves. Like we did the whole thing as as a, a selfie stick. Uh, but before the selfie stick was invented where we'd mount a professional camera PD-150 onto a monopod and they get the presenter who turned out to be you Tom Price to walk around London talking into it and then we cut it together and tried to make you charming and all the things that people like in YouTubers but the problem was that the sponsors were Malibu yes, and um, they were actually lovely to deal with but their brand agency who were the in-between people mm. were just awful they and like there was so much interference it was every including every can comma. you call the show our slogan yeah yeah it was really gross it, it just became a giant advert didn't it essentially and you know no one really wants well, to watch except- a four minute advert that's right. Except our task, obviously, you and I, uh, and Will, who you mentioned earlier, who was who was the assistant producer, uh, our job was to try and sneak in uh, as many subversive things into what was as yeah. as we could. We did some weird shit. Which I mean, one, epi- one episode yeah. we went to Tamworth to go skiing. That was that was fun <laughs> because because I'd been getting a bit grumpy, and you were like, "What does Tom like skiing?" All right, fuck it, let's go to Tamworth. It's where Will's dad lives. Oh, Will can say hi to his dad. That was a very weird day. Um, but then, of course, we made the colon P song, which you know still trends to this day. I mean, it's still got millions of views on on YouTube. Please tell me it's not on YouTube. It is on YouTube, and actually, it's probably the most successful thing to come out of the show. It doesn't have millions of views. I realise you were being sarcastic, but actually, it's not. Shall I look it up now? It's look. It's I'm looking at tens it. of thousands of views. I think. Is yeah, it really? I wouldn't be surprised if it was at ten thousand. Oh God! What well, is it? Called? Is it called colon oh, I'm P? Now. It's called Do the Colon P. Again, ahead of its time because it was a joke about emoji, basically, before emoji was a thing. Mm. And the song was, I came up with the lyrical concept, but the uh, the song was written, oh. actually, by the musical comedian Jay Foreman, who uh, occasionally tweets it. So that's oh. why it still has... It's got... Do you know what? It's got... Um, it's called the Colon P song. It's had 10,000 views, yeah. put up by Alison, who used to work on the show as well, of course. Yeah. And Yes, our researcher, yeah. Um, it was put up 11 years ago. It's had one dislike. That's a bit rude. Please tell me that the comments are disabled. Please tell me the comments are disabled. Um, 
Oh, God. Oh, God. Ha ha, hilarious. That's from someone from eight years ago. So, yeah, basically the comments are colon P. That's, that's all there is. Oh, look, someone called Serenity has said, I love Tom Price even more now. Mm. Basically, someone's written, uh, I love Tom Price even more now. And then uh, six months ago, someone said, because that was 10 years ago, six months ago, someone's written, do you still love Tom Price 10 years later? And I've just replied, of course she does. So that will be, someone's going to get a nice notification. face those twitter notifications forgot to watch anything but netflix dreading the video conference small talk at nine you need a news vitamin you know you need the smart seven it's a brand new daily podcast that puts your brain into gear everything you need to know in less than seven minutes you need the smarts hey we got the smarts the smart seven every weekday at 7 a.m available right now on spotify and all the usual places 
We've established characters, I would say, on the show, which are sure, 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 of sure. Yeah, you play the low status character, of course. That's yeah. the one, of course. Yeah. it's not actually real life. Okay, let's remember that. Nothing in podcast is real life, guys. Um, yeah. All right, 2011, Ollie Man. Um, interesting. Here we've got a Tom uh, Tom Satnav. I think it's worth bringing this up because I know this about mm. you, bloody hell, as well. You spent two hundred pounds on the Tom Tom Go 950. Uh, yeah, but that was system. my only way to get anywhere in the world because you have the, the worst sense of direction in anyone i have ever met it's a wonder that i've met you because it's incredible that you've made it to the same place at the same time that's how bad your I, sense of direction is google maps if they started to charge i would be happy to pay up to 500 pounds a year for that's how much <laughs> i use it and like that would be a fair price but I, I can't I, get I, it wouldn't surprise it. me if you use google maps to get from the crisps aisle to the fruit and veg aisle in the supermarket that's how bad your sense of direction is there are roads near me that I mean, if there's a roadblock and I have to work out an alternate route, and bear in mind I live in a village with three roads in it, I get lost. <laughs> so it was uh, worth I it. Just, I have like yeah, severe dyspraxia. So mm. um, yeah, Tom Tom was. Oh, don't call it a condition because now I feel like an asshole for laughing at your severe dyspraxia. <sighs> well, you are a bit, but I, I'm okay with that. But like, I, I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind. But it's it is funny that I have no sensation. But it is yeah, no, it's a. Uh, it's a it's a diagnosed thing. It's amazing how Satnav came along and was just it, a magical thing. Certainly as a stand-up comic at the time, touring around the country. It mm. just, oh my God. I, before every gig, I used to take my A to Z and I used to print out maps yeah. of where I was going to. And then suddenly this this device arrived. And they were, at first, they were three, four hundred quid. And I gladly paid that much money to get one. And yet now, they're just, they're you know, they're so inveigled into our lives. If they were suddenly taken away, we would be screwed. And not just those of us with severe dyspraxia. Well, absolutely. And in fact, Tom Tom's maps were always, this is something for the mundane podcast as well. Good. Tom Tom's maps were always the best, I believe. Mm. I mean, you know, in terms of like clearly delineating light and shade, 3D, yes. all of that stuff, the detail, they're much better than Google's are even now. Uh, and but also, if you're is, listening, Apple, go fuck yourselves. Apple maps uh, are absolutely. absolute disgrace. Yeah. Hey, Siri, stop being an asshole. Like, just <laughs> let me have Google maps. Um, yeah, no, I agree. But Tom Tom were the best. And the problem was they they didn't do the deal with Google. And so, you know, you, d you don't get the live updates of the Waze traffic. You don't get mm. the businesses named on the TomTom Tom map. Maybe you do these days, but who, who the hell cares? It's too yeah, late, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, you do now. But I just, yeah, back then, you definitely didn't. I, Waze, uh, Waze, though, what a piece of work is a Waze. Oh, oh. my word. 12th of July, 2013, my birthday. And you did know me at this point, And you bought me the 5 of Staywell 310 tunnel extension. Uh, this is uh, to, for use with some cat flaps. Happy birthday, Tom. <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember that product very well. So at that point, we'd just moved into our home. We'd bought our first home. I had a flat before then, which you knew because it's around the corner from your house in yeah. London. Yeah. Um, but then we, we moved to where we currently live in Hertfordshire. And uh, the problem was we had an extant cat, but we did not have an extant cat flap. Right. Um, and so I thought, well, fine, we'll just drill a hole in the wall. Not that easy, as it turns out. <laughs> um, we drilled the hole in the wall, but then we realised the wall was quite thick. And so the cat would be walking over like loose cables and cement. Right. So you, that's what that is. It's, I it's see. a product okay. that creates a tunnel for the cat, sort of like a, right. a space docking station. Right. So that they can walk through in safety. Uh, right, and it was okay. yeah, it did did what it said on the tin. Can't complain. And it the was cat, some plastic. The cat can still come in. How many cats do you have now? What's your current cat count? 
currently at two. So the, the cat that we had then, plus a new one who hates the cat we had then and is constantly on the prowl to kill her. Great stuff. Oh, that's lovely. It was nice. That was a brilliant combination. Sense of violence and loathing in the in the house. Yeah, um, don't feel guilty about it at all. Uh, July 2014, two purchases made <clears throat> at the same time. Ollie, I'm not sure what to make of one of these, actually. Uh, you bought mm. the Samsung uh, 64 gigabyte micro uh, HD um, memory card. Very nice. Okay. The SD yeah. adapter, 64 gigs there. If we're tracking the value of gigabytes. I'm guessing that's not the one that you have a problem understanding. What's the other one? The Fleshlight Flight Masturbator. <laughs> so take us through what's what's happening at this point, Ollie. You're, you seem to be um, fucking what looks like a torch. Well, I'll tell you what that was. It was uh, We were in the planning stages of The Modern Man, which is the show that I do now. Okay. Uh, part, part of that show is a sex chat. Yeah. Um, so me and Alex Fox answer listeners' sex questions. Right. And uh, we were thinking about approaching a company called Tenga, who are a male sex toy, right. um, for sponsoring the show. And I realised that if I was going to do a sponsor read on my podcast <laughs> for a male masturbator, <laughs> I'd have to be sincere about oh using the product. Oh, my God. You had to be able to say, "I can I just say, well, maybe you would do a read which is a bit, oh, a bit exhausted today, guys, because I have been at it with my... Um, <laughs> With my fanny torch, and I'm absolutely yeah. shat. I'm, I'm, I'm knackered. Yeah. So, well, I mean, you're you're predicting effectively what we did do when they did come on board for a couple of episodes uh, in, I think, 2016 by then. But anyway, yeah. Come so on I board thought... should be their tag, not yours. <laughs> so I, I thought, genuinely, I thought, I can't say this is a superior male masturbator if I've not tried the market leader, which uh-huh. is Fleshlight. Right, okay. So, um, And I thought, I'm not going to write to Fleshlight and ask for a free one because I don't want to be in this market. Mm. But also, like, there shouldn't be any embarrassment about it. I do find it genuinely fascinating yeah. that a group of middle-aged women can sit on loose women on daytime telly and make openly jokes about, ho-ho, put your rampant rabbit in your bedside table, and mm. all the women in the audience laugh and applaud. Yeah. And, and like, it's accepted that it should be a symbol of female empowerment that you talk about owning vibrators. Right, right. And yet for men, if you talk about going and buying a male masturbator, it instantly wow, I mean, uh, my God, the ring of shame. If you ever wanted to stop a WhatsApp group chat in its steps. <laughs> Guys, I just bought the Fleshlight Flight. Guys? Guys? Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting if you look at the description of it. And by the way, the the loose women thing, I completely agree with you. I just love the idea of, of you going on as a guest and sitting. Yeah, you know, Ollie, how have you been? Yeah, pretty good. How did you get through lockdown? <laughs> how was it in lockdown? It was fine. I got my flashlight flight out. Yeah, it's great. They, uh, I came on board. Yeah. It was fine. Um, it it wouldn't get the round of applause from the audience, would it? It would generate an it, awkward it vibe. Would not get, it would just yeah. get such stun. But especially it's the loose women audience. Speaking of someone who sexism. Speak, it is true. It's very true. <laughs> Speaking of someone who did the studio warm up for loose women, I can tell you the audience. It, full of old ladies who they bus in from Dover. That is a fact. Um, yeah. Anyway, the other thing I should say as well, where I was at in my life at this point, so not you know, single, clearly. Yeah, not well. I was living with my now wife, but I was sleeping in a separate bedroom five nights a week because I was presenting overnight radio for LBC. So I finished mm. work every day at six in the morning, got home with nothing to do but drink and wank, <laughs> and then my my girlfriend would wake up at like 9 a.m yeah and then go off to do her job so the only time we saw each other was between 9 and 10 p.m when i was on the way into work and she was on the way back home my heart that was my life for 13 you. months did you stick a fucking picture of her on it uh no i'm just saying yeah that 
although that I bought the flashlight out of professional interest, yeah. there was uh, a lot of research time available to me. At the, it's not, it's not, it's not as if I was sleeping in a bed with my wife and then sort of surreptitiously using a flashlight. No, no, no. It understood. was like yeah. I had five nights to myself <laughs> in yeah. a separate bedroom. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> fine. fine. Um, uh, so there's interesting uh, descriptions of it here. Realistic feeling, easy regulation of tightness and suction, comfortable 25 centimeters depth. So that, that's me. Mm. Out. Um, unpretentious and discreet, <laughs> modelled on a torch. It does not fall anywhere. I mean, Christ, modelled on a torch. That's the, that's a sitcom episode, isn't it? You pop it next to the torch, thinking no one will ever notice. Suddenly there's a well, there's a power outage. Yes, I, I actually remember a sort of sitcom style thing happen happening when the package arrived. In fact, um, because uh, it, it was that classic thing of because I I was asleep because I did overnight radio. I didn't get up till one thirty in the afternoon each day. Yeah. Um, it arrived at eleven a.m. My wife was at work. The house was empty. So the Amazon guy left it with our neighbour. And I was like, well, I know it's discreet packaging. And also, I know genuinely this is for work. But still, but still, oh, you know, what if they know what it is? If I, yeah. And of all the neighbours, it was the teenage boy uh, in the house two doors down. <laughs> and I knocked on the door and he sort of sheepishly came down to the door. And I wasn't sure whether it was because he was a teenage boy that he was sheepish or because he knew what I'd ordered. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I think you've got a package for me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, luckily it was all sealed and hadn't been used so in, in either case it was fine yeah well teenage boys they're very clever they're very wily you never know um, yeah just resealed well what a thought sharing one of those uh, <laughs> some fascinating reviews here someone called Stuart watch your lube with this one or you could lose an eye the advice here comes the review the advice to use water based lube only very very oh, the advice to use water based lube only very mm. very important should carry a health warning use some durex tingle lube without thinking safe to use with condoms fyi two minutes in and the end cap started to disintegrate into sharp little shards which were drawn oh which were drawn into the sleeve just that glad a... it was the first time just out of the box. And again, oh. just out of the box should be the catchphrase for it. <laughs> um, and I'm not really started to enjoy myself, or I could have been very embarrassing visit to ER. Wow, Stuart, thanks for the warning. Um, then I Russ- think that is useful. That's useful. I mean, I'm glad that that person spent the time to put that in a review, though. 14 people find this helpful. Hang on. 15 people find this helpful. Because <laughs> it isn't talked about, as I was just saying. No, 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 you know, absolutely. There's no mainstream platform where they would sit around and review this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So actually, Amazon really comes into its own here. Again. Comes into its own, Sorry. yes. Could be, yes um, yeah, Ruster749, I probably shouldn't read their name out because people complain. Better than the real thing. Have to limit my use to 10 times a year. Use this on special occasions. Otherwise, I'd, <laughs> otherwise I'd be too comfortable to live the rest Get of the my life alone. Cloth out. <laughs> Better than the real thing, and that's messed up. Equilibrium yeah. on Earth. Wow. Open the champagne spot of Lionel Richie. It's one of the special occasions. <laughs> Get mellow magic on. Good to go. Yeah. Uh, 18 people Eighteen people find this helpful. Sorry, 19 people find this helpful. Um, this is a good one from David. Incredible. Goodbye, wife. These are great. These are absolutely great. But um, also, here's another thing that I find interesting. The design of that particular fleshlight is completely uh, blank. I mean, like they say, it looks like a torch. It's just a, mm. it's a flap. It's so, not one of the ones that's designed to look like an asshole or a vagina. Ugh. It's just yeah. There's a, a lot flat. of those further up, which seems yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, n- n- but, says, but isn't it like from a feminist point of view? Isn't it interesting? Like, mm. what does that mean? Like, because sex toys, feminists were always like, well, what I mean is blow up dolls. Feminists were always like, that is disgusting. Yeah. Like, you've you've turned a woman into a hole. The objectification has got to that stage. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, you yeah. want to live with a blow up sex doll. You don't want an independent woman with her own mind. All the rest of it. Was what I thought was quite interesting about the design of this flashlight. Is like. No, this is for a sexual need. Mm. This is when I get a boner and I want to relieve it. 
I, I mean, I mm. might in my head be thinking of something else. Yeah, but that's but got this to, that's isn't got a replacement. To do with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. see what you mean. I see. What it's you mean. a hole that you fuck. So the act of then making it look like a, a actual genitalia—that's when it starts yeah. to go a bit. Oh, really? Because, I think so. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree with you. I agree. With I mean, you. I've had to think about this a lot, obviously, because we do talk about this kind of thing on the modern man. But yeah, 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 yeah. It really does feel amazing, says X. I'm not going to say their name. Um, give it a rinse afterwards. It does feel amazing. Giving it a rinse afterwards is definitely a chore. But if you have a spare hour alone at home, just put a movie on and go to town. To, to be clear, guys, don't go to town with this on. Well, um, don't go to town and leave it out to dry. I mean, make sure that it's put away by the time anyone else gets home. I like the idea of that being a chore. What else could do my chores? What are you doing? Hoovering, <laughs> cleaning out my sex torch. We like to listen to toast And we're not the kind who would boast And even in spite of the host We still like to listen to toast La 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 um, all right, then as we wind our way through um, Ollie Man in 2015, lots of gadgetry, uh, a lovely mm. Apple Thunderbolt to Firewire adapter. Oh, the WD, uh, my book Thunderbolt Duo 8 terabyte high-speed storage. Okay, guys, time for uh, the gigabyte tracker. Yeah. How much How much did Ollie pay for 8 terabytes? Here we see, go. See, now that's, you see, okay, so the iPod with 2 gigabytes was £80. I, I, I'm fairly confident that I paid 200 quid. That's what I reckon. 200 quid. Well, I can tell you, the Apple Thunderbolt to Firewire adapter is 70 quid, mm-hmm. right? And on this mm-hmm. purchase, you spent £466. Ooh. So you spent just under £400 on high-speed uh, storage, uh, 8 terabytes of storage. Some Freelance writer broadcaster, mate. Well, got yeah, media. exactly. Yeah. Got to spend your whole time watching pirated films, clearly. Um, we've got the dehumidifier, again, very useful if you've been using again. the torch and things have got a bit sweaty <laughs> in the spare room. That's fine. Well, again, to do with our new house, you see, it was yeah, we'd, we'd put all our money into the house, didn't have money to uh, deal with damp problems at that point. And then in 2016, as is often the case, the, the the little one comes along. Baby Harvey is born, and suddenly yes. we're buying multicolored play balls. We've got Tommy Tippy closer to nature um, yep. filters for things. Um, we have got what else have we got? The baby led weaning cookbook. All great stuff. Baby wraps sunglasses. Oh, I love putting sunglasses on babies. That's very satisfying. and babies hate it, don't they? Hate I it. Mean, yeah, which is part of the joy in a yeah. way. Yeah, stuff they don't enjoy is always fun. Uh, um, and, they, and they look awesome. I mean, they, you know, there's nothing cooler than a, a baby with wraparound sunglasses strapped to its head. <laughs> they don't realise. They just don't like it. No, no they, don't they don't realise. They look like yeah. they're about to fly a jet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> For God's sake. Um, so lots of baby stuff getting bought here, uh, which is really nice. Also lots of pet stuff, lots of wires as well. Uh, Worth planes- actually, that yes. as we switch now at this point from sort of music and media and storage yes. into gadgetry stuff. and daily household events, That's right. that was not only the same watershed moment that Harvey was born, but I happen to know because I remember it being a big issue when Harvey was born, lots of parents in our NCT group suggested it to us. That was exactly the time that Amazon Prime launched. So you're going to see an acceleration at this point ah, like because I became a Prime member and that became the default option rather than just something I did occasionally. Is that right? Yeah. So this is when Prime kicked off. Okay. That's um, why I'm buying like insignificant things because I can get them the next day. Isn't it amazing that the next dayness made us go completely crazy? That was a game changer. We're into 2018 now, Ollie. Okay. And, Hopefully um, can relate to this version of myself now. Yeah, this this should be more familiar with you. Paw Patrol Marshall headphones. Gone for the Marshall headphone there. Okay, nice. What would you have gone for? Um, Not Chase. I chase or um, 
Who else do Don't I... say Sky just to be cool and gentle. Uh, no, 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 no. You don't put a boy in Sky <laughs> headphones. Anyway, the headphones are shit. If you're listening oh, to this okay. and thinking, I want to get some sound-limiting headphones for my child. So, that, so we bought that because we were going on holiday. We went to Florida in, a, in summer 2018. Mm. And we were like, Harvey's now old enough to sit with an iPad on the plane and watch some Paw Patrol. So, so travelling's going to be a doddle, isn't it, compared to, compared to with a young baby at this point? So we thought, yes. Oh, no. Um, no, actually, it was. It, because, but not for these reasons. Uh, we thought we'll just plug him into an iPad and that'll be fine. Actually, the reason it was a doddle was because, it, as it turns out, he loves aviation and transport and just was just so excited to be in the airport. Oh, that that's he just lovely. didn't sleep for like 28 hours. But, <laughs> um, so he was just on the plane going, plane, window, you know. Um, but, the world, uh, we hadn't, sky. Carpet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we hadn't realised that. We'd anticipated that he'd be plugged in a lot. And then so we bought those headphones and they are not loud enough to be heard at all on an aeroplane. And they're supposed oh, to be sound no. limiting so that the kid doesn't blow their ears. But I mean, you literally can't hear them. And even in a busy restaurant, you know, when you're out on holiday and it gets to 9pm and the kid's still up and you plug them in. Yeah. He couldn't hear there either. So like now he just uses my headphones. So don't, yeah. don't buy sound limiting headphones, even if they've got Marshall print on them. Great life advice. Um, listen, yeah. May 2018, and this might be one of the most expensive things I've ever seen bought on My Mate Bought a Toaster. I don't know how you feel about okay. it. Okay, wow. And it's also one of the most decadent things as well. You have bought, <laughs> you've spent yeah. £529 yeah. on an undercounter wine cooler. Ah, right. Okay, so we're at a different stage of my life now. So no no just... shit, Sherlock. We definitely <laughs> are, aren't we? Bloody hell. We're not back in so, the buying whimsical CDs days anymore. That's right, yeah, or dehumidifiers. So what that was was after my father died, uh, we had some money from him with which we could refurbish our property. Uh-huh. And so, you know, having lived in a place that we were kind of, you know, propping up with sticks, we did actually get a home extension done. We got um, our garage demolished and replaced by a kitchen and this sort of bedroom, dressing room, ensuite thing that I'm sitting in now. Right. So it was a side extension. And there were a couple of things where I was like, if we're doing this, if we're moving out of the house for 15 months to live with the in-laws which actually was lovely, but, you know, not without its drawbacks. Uh, If we are, you know, going to have loads of builders trudging around our house for two years and all that, I'm going to buy a few things that are just for me and are obscene. Um, so, so, yes, okay. But think about a wine cooler. Because they're, they're not that cold, are they? They actually put things at the sort of the right temperature for wine. So th- th- are they good or not? Because I've got a friend who's got one who does not like it. Well, the thing is, you've got to put your wine somewhere, haven't you? Uh, so I, I subscribe to a wine box from Virgin Wine. So we get like 12 bottles a month and they all arrive at once. Mm. So obviously by the by the end of the month, you've only got two or three left. But at the beginning of the month, uh, you need to put them somewhere. So if it wasn't a wine cooler, it would be one of those um, sort of wooden racks. And actually, yeah. I, I prefer the look of the wine cooler because it looks kind of, well, it looks like you're in a bar, doesn't it? Which is fun. Yeah, and they're also, they're also always tinted. Why are they always tinted? I know, right? Like the wine is embarrassed to be seen. I don't yeah, know Yeah, it's that like you've got gangster wine hiding in the back of a sort of <laughs> blinged up car. It's weird. It's weird. Um, yeah. So uh, you've got to put it somewhere. And so it's true that the red wine is stored at a perfect temperature. The white wine is never cold enough. Never cold enough, you. right? You've just spent 500 I, quid. Stick yeah. it in the fucking fridge. This is what I didn't yeah. realise about them. It's true. I often put an ice cube in. Yeah. By the way, whilst we're talking about wine, <laughs> although I get my Virgin Wine Box, genuine tip, uh, the Graham Norton Chardonnay, only available at Tesco, is fucking great. <laughs> oh, God, we've got wine tips. This is what this podcast has become. I love it. And you, wouldn't you think, though, like a celebrity wine was going to be poor, but it's really good? Well, I was in Portugal recently, and I'm not going to lie to you, I had some of the Cliff Richard wine. Oh, wow. 
yeah how was it it was very nice indeed thank you very much yeah it was good yeah but i'm not yeah, but- i haven't got a very sophisticated palate so um i'll drink anything to be honest okay weird celebrity wines are also surprisingly good yeah. the ian botham sparkling rosé jesus christ this is this is <laughs> easily the best tangent i've ever been on on this show weird celebrity wines that are quite good so we've got botham we've yeah. got we've got um Richard. norton and we've got Richard. That is yeah, Norton's annoying. the king of wines, though. Honestly, like he's the Lloyd Grossman of wines. Like what Lloyd Grossman is to pour on pasta sauce, Graham serious? Norton is to table accompaniment wine at a decent price. Yeah, I'm <laughs> deadly serious. Wow. Okay. Because yeah. and the other thing about Graham Norton is he's an absolute genius. My God, what a guest he would be on this. Um, is his uh, his books are incredible. He's a, he's a genuinely fantastic uh, novelist. In fact, I have it on good authority. I wonder if I'm allowed to say this on the podcast. Fuck it, I might as well. That he's going to give up um, t- everything TV and just go and write books. Apparently, really, he's going to do a firm Britain. He's going to do a firm Britain, but his books are not going to be about Cornwall. All she does is right. write books about Cornwall. It's very old. That is literally all she does. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, um, but, but apparently they're good too. I haven't read them, but uh, people who do read lots of books tell me that they're good books. Don't yeah, know. she's. I like firm Britain. She's nice. Anyway, um, who doesn't like firm? Yeah, Britain? come on, come on. God, did you work with her when you were on this morning? I did. Yeah, and Phil. Nice. Joy. Oh, there was a pause. Absolute okay. joy. Oh, no, no. Oh, there was a pause followed by joy. Okay. An absolute joy. Good, yeah. I'm glad to hear yeah. Won't hear a bad word said about either of them. No, we don't have and, any. Bit. And yes. consistently underestimated as interviewers. Oh, um, completely. Not so much I now. Just, I think I think Phil Schofield has become known for that. He's brilliant. And and so is Hollaby, to be Hollaby. Holly Hollaby. Willoughby, to be fair. Uh, but um but she was amazing. Britain. She was fantastic. The, the one I remember actually, because I had to pick up the pieces afterwards, was uh, David Hasselhoff was a guest on the show, and uh, he just. Do you remember he'd been filmed uh, crawling around, pissed <gasps> on the floor by yes. his daughter? Like yes. terrible, like you know, clearly bad father, serious alcoholic. Yeah. And he was over in Britain, like doing Chicago or something, and wanted to talk about that flippant thing. Mm. And obviously, everyone wanted to ask him about the pictures of him that had been in all the tabloids that week. Mm. And, uh, you know, as is the case with these things, the PR people had said, you must not ask him about this. And I, representing the show, had to say, of course, we won't ask him about that. (laughs) And so the presenters were then briefed to ask him about that in a way that could somehow justify us having said that we said we wouldn't ask about that. Well, we're sort of talking about the show because we're asking, have you sobered up in time to do the show Chicago? (laughs) There you go. Well, what Fern did, and this is brilliant, and this genuinely, we didn't know how she was going to do it. And I remember it clear as day. The interview started... And they said, look, it's it's Hassel the Hoff. And they went into the montage VT of Baywatch and all the shit you'd expect. Yeah. And then they came off the back of the VT and Fern said, David, it's so nice to see you. And then she put her hand on his knee and said, we've been reading all sorts of things about you, though. How are you? Oh, yes. How are you? That was the question. And actually, that question... Like, Piers Morgan now would do a 10-minute sputtering monologue all about him being drunk and how he was, like, you know, being brave enough to mention it. Yeah. She didn't need to. She yeah. just needed to say, in a compassionate way, how are you? And you can't wriggle out of that question. No, no, you really can't. You've got to, you've got to address the, the elephants, the elephant in the room, the elephant in the media, if you do that. That's genius. Exactly. And um, actually, what he then had was, like, a mad post-therapy, post-traumatic flashback where he was obviously completely blindsided by that being the opening question and then like driveled out a load of Californian stuff about how he's in a better place now and then came off the set and let rip at me. Oh, really? What, for... <laughs> yeah. for because she'd asked that question? Yeah. She but was like, she wasn't expect- he said, I wasn't expecting that curveball. That's what he said to me. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know anything about American football. What's a curveball? Or is that baseball? I don't even know. And it's not my fault. Mommy, mommy, 
right, so listen, Ollie Man, we've had curveballs, uh, we've had trumpets, we've had sex toys, and now here we are getting real toys at the end of our um, My Mate Bought a Toaster journey. The last thing you bought, beautiful, right. how wonderful, you bought a four-in-one puzzle. Uh, it's presumably for you and Jenny to do when the little ones have gone to bed. It is a Toy Story puzzle, um, four yes. puzzles in one box. It's an absolute classic. It's a treffle puzzle. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, Toy Story 4, which I said before should have been called Tro- Toy Story Forky. Um, and it's just, it's a lovely thing. It's a lo- what a lovely image as we, we leave you uh, on this podcast, sitting on a carpet somewhere, uh, yawning your way through doing a puzzle with your children. So the problem is, I hate and have always hated jigsaws. Like, I find them so boring. Well, this I, is my because, mind wanders. It's because, you know, you are dyspraxic, Ollie. Because, yes. you know, sense of di- it's a sense of direction thing. You can't get things in You're the right. right place. You need a, I, you need a puzzle sat-nav. Actually, this loops us back through all the conversations we've had, like my preference for radio over TV, my lack of sense of direction. I'm an inherently unvisual person, yeah. I, I think, in audio. You don't need and a so- labia on your sex toy. That's right. <laughs> exactly. It all comes together again. Oh God! Stop! Head. Stop! Um, uh, but it, but it does, yeah. So it's like that's that's the thing. So it kind of disheartens me that my four-year-old loves jigsaws so much, but he does, and okay. I have to feign interest with him because obviously, what's the point of being honest that I hate it? So yeah. actually, that purchase, although you might think it's sweet inside, I'm just like, ah, oh, do we have to do a jigsaw again? Can't we do anything else? Do you? What but, do you yeah, say when it. when when he approaches you? And this has become the the daily routine for me now. I get downstairs. And uh, I now get a bit of extra time in bed, right? Because the kids get up at six and my wife goes downstairs because they don't bother her in the same way. They leave her alone and they watch telly for an hour. Then I come down about seven and then I sit on the chair nearby, near to them, get my cup of tea, get a book out. Oh, I like to have a little read first thing in the morning. And they just, it begins. They walk over to me and go, Daddy, can we play Monopoly? And I have found myself recently, certainly during lockdown, but also in normal life as well, playing things like hide and seek at 10 past seven in the morning. Hmm. what is the deflection what do you do when harvey comes towards you and says daddy can we do all four of these puzzles now and i know it's only just daylight but i love you and i want to do a puzzle with you do you know the answer to that is really simple i just say no (laughs) it's 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 one of those things like you if you want to be like generous and gregarious with your children you feel like you should never say no you should always qualify the no explain the no i'm just like no no that's not happening now what's happening now is you're doing this and then we'll do it later and actually he accepts that it's strange like if you're very very clear like he's asked a clear question can we play monopoly no not so much definitely can't thank god for tea as well this is this has become a thing that that they know if i'm having my tea or my sandwich daddy's unavailable so i i can make a cup of tea last for up to two hours sometimes just yeah, really. you're gonna put on 10 stone over the next two months oh, i know i know but it'll be worth it it'll be worth it it's a force field it's a kid force field um listen ollie man absolute pleasure i'm a huge fan of yours uh, professionally i tolerate you personally <laughs> yeah, person, not so much i put up with you as a person um i love you dearly thank you so much for coming on my mate bought a toaster of course That's people know how to, to to find you you're on twitter and your brilliant podcasts are available all over the shop so we don't well, spell my name though because people don't realize m-a-double-n so it's yeah. the mo- well the whole way we've been talking about the modern man it's the modern yeah. ma- so the website is modern man m-a-double-n yes and it's yeah. brilliant as well the, the modern man really is a fantastic fantastic podcast and it's a great example of how you can take the best of both both worlds it's the best of podcasting and it's the best of radio standard broadcasting it's really good stuff so that's very kind i recommend it oh the wonderful the delightful ollie man and he has got a brilliant podcast he's got a load actually he's got answer me this with helen and of course uh, the modern man Um, there's one coming out on may the first with me and the fabulous Stuart goldsmith in uh, where we talk about being dads they do like a dad special thing 
Um, so, in fact, um, you can tell I'm a dad because I struggled to speak just then. That's the tiredness of being a dad. But maybe just go, oh, 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 that's what happened. Um, and if you want to hear those dad specials, maybe you are a new dad and uh, you're after some. There's some good tips and also some good crying from some of us as well. Uh, go to modernman.co.uk. That's double N, modernman, M A W N, .co.uk slash dads. And you can listen to it there. And the uh, new special is out this week, I believe. I hope you're doing well. Thank you for all your kind comments. Give us a follow at ToasterPod. Give us a review as well. It'll be gorgeous online. I think the last review. Uh, that I got for this podcast was last year so if you can do something new that'd be great even if you just have to log in as someone different because uh, then it refreshes the thing and new people might find the show which would be nice not that there's anything wrong with the old people I love you too tremendously oh god I'm so tired get me a coffee lots of love see you soon bye now great big I'm Tilly Steele. And I'm Helen Monk. And this is Bitchin'. I'm dyslexic. Yeah, why do you read the Wikipedia page? <laughs> it's good to practice. Yeah. A podcast where every week we talk about a different person. So how old was he when he first popped on the scene? That's a great If question. you say he was my age, I'm gonna <laughs> fucking die. And we veer wildly off track. Pop that Prosec. <laughs> Available on all your podcast apps. That's not right. Can you not say er in the advert? (laughs) Available on all your podcast platforms. Just search Bitchin' or Great Big Owl. We'll see you there. That was all right. (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.